Hey friends, and welcome back to this week's episode of Live with Rye, the podcast. I hope you've been enjoying every episode you've been listening to and getting value. As I've said to you, I've started to get brand new guests, which is so exciting to bring you brand new and fresh content, but I'm hoping you're also enjoying listening to all of my past content as well. So keep listening. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and a five-star review. It helps more than you know, but appreciate it so very much. Um, so I'm excited to welcome today's guests. They are two incredible people who are taking the theater scene by storm, and I'm so excited to have them on the show. Please help me welcome the incredible Drew Larrymore and Jay O'Connor Navarro. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. 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 Well, hello, Drew, and hello, Jay. So, uh, Drew and Jay, before we begin, why don't, Jay, we start with you. For those who may not know, tell us a little bit about you and your career. You've done so much. You've written some great music, but um, tell us a little bit about your career uh, in the arts. Yeah, I'm kind of half a uh, music director, half a uh, composer lyricist. So uh, right now I'm doing uh, Los Otros, which is Michael John Lacuse's new show off Broadway. Uh, you can see right behind me, I just conducted Carolina Change yes. uh, recently. And uh, writing wise, I just did a show called Breathe. Uh, which I wrote uh, for my Philippinex students at uh, NYU, where I am a full-time professor there and head of music and vocal oh, performance. Uh, and I wrote that with uh, several other Filipino writers and a Filipino director. And it was about Filipino healthcare uh, workers, the pandemic. So that's the wow. most recent things that I've been doing. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Well, congratulations. And I mean, thank you for taking your talent to highlight, you know, um, a community that is so important to you and that, you know, was, you know, so affected by the pandemic. And I think that that's beautiful. And how cool that you're a full-time professor. Thanks for giving yeah. your talents back to the future of uh, great. this generation. Yeah. And Carolina, and Carolina Change, music directing, that must have been incredible, the new revival. Yeah, I was uh, the rehearsal pianist and then kind of the vocal associate and ended up because of the pandemic having to, uh, or getting to conduct as well, as well as play sometimes. So it was a wow. true family and a true adventure. It was a great uh, thing to be a part of reopening Broadway with that oh. show. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And hey, for those listening and watching, I don't know if you all know this um, on the on on here, but uh, Broadway just actually celebrated a year of being reopened two days ago, September 14th. So happy one year, Broadway. Um, very exciting. Well, thank you, Jay. And Drew, the fabulous Drew Larimore. Tell us about you. For those who don't know, you are an incredible playwright. You've written some great things. Tell uh, my listeners a little bit more about you. Well, thank you. Um... I, I sort of like the way you talk about me more than I talk about me, but uh, but I'll try. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a playwright, a screenwriter, um, librettist, and uh, have a bunch of different projects going on. Uh, I had a great um, streaming run of a digital play last year called Smithtown, and uh, that's actually how we met Rye. So mm -hmm. um, that was uh, that was a lot of fun, and uh, working on just a, a series of. Uh, of new projects. I'm really excited about a trilogy I'm writing uh, and it's it's about the South. I'm from Kentucky originally and it's three different locations in the South and three different Southern matriarchs struggling with uh, change. And uh, it's a huge project writing it for some specific actresses and I'm headed to a writing residency in Arkansas of all places uh, next month to to work on the third installment. Well, that is incredible. I mean, that 
and the fact that it has the, the female focus and about change. I mean, that that's powerful. I mean, well, the South has trouble with change. Well, so they I do. Think, uh... <laughs> they, well, yes, but I was going to say, Drew, I mean, you never cease to amaze me with your writing. I mean, not to get too far off, but even with Smithtown, folks, if you have not seen Smithtown, I mean, I was blown away at how incredible this was. And it was done on Zoom and Michael Yuri and Ann Harada. Uh, and I mean, anything Michael Yuri touches is, of course, gold. So it, it, I'm excited to hear what happens with this. So Drew and Jay, tell me how both of you met. I know you're a part of the new Peggy. Um, so tell me how you both have met and sort of your upcoming collaborations that you're working on. Um, this seems like an awesome partnership you both have developed. I'd like to think so. Hopefully Jay agrees. Um, <laughs> but uh, we were we were actually set up as collaborators through a mutual uh, actress friends um, that we were working with for uh, the new Peggy. She was our Peggy, Cyril Bear, And she said, I think, you know, you guys would be an excellent pair. I hadn't written a musical in a long time. Uh, so I was a little nervous, particularly about adapting a eight page monologue into a full on musical. And um, so I really appreciated connecting with Jay. And, and we had a, a great collaboration for a number of years working on on that piece it's it's finished it's online thenewpeggy.com we have a full cast album uh, starring Ann Harada as Peggy and four other amazing actors and uh, it's been a huge part of my life and we're anxious to premiere it one of these days mm -hmm. exciting and how about for you Jay anything to add with that I mean that's really exciting you guys have, you guys have also had it at the green room 42 you can as you've said I know you can listen to some clips online at thenewpeggy.com but uh, anything to add with that, Jay? Um, I don't know. It's kind of a weird, it was a weird little monologue that, yeah, they approached me and were like, hey, let's turn this into a musical. And I love, I love working with playwrights um, other than like people who like want to write books necessarily for a musical because I, I like creating things that are a little bit more out of the box. So working with someone like Drew is just so fun because we're, we're writing something I think that's kind of fresh and, and new and exciting in the way that we create uh, how the music works in the show and mm -hmm. just who the type of people or <laughs> objects uh, <laughs> that we're using. <laughs> I mean, there's a stapler and a manila envelope who are characters in the show. Uh, so I just love the way Drew thinks and it's definitely great uh, fodder for like fantastic musical material that we can come up with. So and Cervilla Bear was such a, um, you can see it right there, adding machine. <laughs> uh, I work with her on adding machine. Uh, and she's such a force to be reckoned with. Uh, and to, uh, and now Anne Harada has taken over that role. It's just been so great to work with these specific uh, actors who bring so much to the our weird little scripts that <laughs> fill out in very big ways. Um, so I think it's exciting to to see what Drew and I are always up to. Yeah. And and tell me a little bit about like, so the new Peggy, what exactly, I mean, is it a, is it, it from the feel of the website? Is it a, like a murder mystery? Is it a <laughs> scandal? Who is Peggy and what is, uh, obviously we all want to say it's not and Peggy. We're not, it's not Hamilton. Cause I want to say and Peggy. Um, but you know, who is this new Peggy? I'll let you take that one through. <laughs> well, the the premise of the show is she's a, um, a middle-aged secretary who lives vicariously through her uh, basically uh, verbally abusive boss. 
And uh, she shows up one day to work to discover in horror that he's running away with the Latvian accountant and disappearing forever. So her world is turned upside down and uh, she decides to take action uh, in a very misguided way um, with the help of her friends and uh, which they are puppets, uh, people, a, a manila envelope and a stapler. And so they sing with her. Um, it's a little like Sesame Street on drugs and uh, and they get her to ultimately commit an act of murder. So the the, the piece really takes a turn. It takes a very dark turn yeah. after some ridiculousness uh, for the first maybe 35 minutes. And so this, uh, this was a monologue, a part of um, uh, a series of monologues I was writing about sort of women on the verge of, I guess, breakdowns. And, um, and it felt so musical. So you know, in this model, in, in this in this musical, it runs about 75, 80 minutes. You know, there are long speeches that Jay has adapted into music. And it was very, very exciting for me to play with structure for this. I mean, I think anyone involved with the new Peggy or has seen the new Peggy um, will often comment, it doesn't follow necessarily the structure of a traditional musical. And uh, I love doing that with musicals. I only sort of work on offbeat musicals and I love playing with structure and surprising an audience. Um, I think it's kind of a traditional audience in a lot of ways of what they expect. So I, I love playing around with that. And I'm very lucky that Jay was game and on board because it's a very specific world. You know, it's been compared um, to Little Shop of Horrors a little bit, just, just in terms Amazing. of the, the darkness, but also the, the fun music. And, uh, you know, Peggy lives in a, in her head. So, some of these songs are Broadway jazz hands, fantastic. And some of them are also very dark and moving. And uh, I think when you're watching the play, what's exciting for me is everyone says, oh my God, this woman's nuts. But by the end of it, they, they find a way into her. And there's a, there's, a, there's a way into her madness that is very relatable. And right. uh, that, that to me is, is um, a huge accomplishment because you know, it can be pretty isolating. But we've attracted some amazing Peggy's. You know, Cirilla was amazing to develop this with us. Anne Harada has taken this, and that's what you'll hear on the recording. Uh, we also have um, a couple of songs sung by Alison Frazier, Mary Testa. So wow. um, there's a large breadth of, of people that have been involved with this that has really helped the development. So, um, yes, and it's appeared in concert several times. So well, we are excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I was going to say, well, you've got quite the Broadway uh, gamut there with Broadway leading ladies. I mean, that's <laughs> exciting. And and Jay, I mean, is there something to be said? You like working on musicals with talking objects. We have Carolina Change with talking washing machines and talking uh, objects. Obviously, they're humans. And now you're working on this show that has talking stapler and talking envelope. We yeah. like working on projects with talking objects. I guess uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I think the funny the like yeah, like Drew said, we it's amazing how ridiculous a lot of it can can start off, but then people find their way into in, into relating with these right things and and these people who they think are doing, you know, the the fantasy lives that we that we play out in our heads sometimes is really incredible, and I think putting that onto stage. Um, is something Drew and I like to explore. And in terms of objects, you know, we, Drew and I, I remember Drew saying he was like, when we were writing this, he was like, I just like talked to my espresso machine this morning, was like, all right, here we go. I was like, you know, we all do that, right? We all are constantly talking to uh, 
machines. Uh, mm. Especially as writers, we're, we're so isolated a lot of the time, so. Right. And did you um, do that? So I, <laughs> I love that. And and with that, I mean, are you are, are you guys presently working on anything else together is the next steps to just develop uh, the new Peggy further? Um, what's sort of the the next steps with with this sort of partnership and collaboration you formed? Well, I should say that the espresso machine he's talking about has died. So I've had a formal oh. funeral for it. It's it's over. So that relationship is done. But in terms of our relationship moving forward, yeah, we have a, a really exciting project that, you know, is almost a little darker, actually, and a, and a much bigger, uh, a much bigger piece. It's based off of a real person. And um, it's it's about the death penalty. So it's oh, wow. it's something that we are not quite we haven't wrestled and quite figured out what the structure of it is yet. But it's based off a book. And uh, we are are sort of working through that at this time. So sure. clearly, we yeah. only collaborate on projects about death. And uh, that's just, uh, I guess, the way it is. <laughs> and I guess, yeah, right. Giving a lot away, I think we can say that like this person, like what like, can we say? <laughs> I don't know how much you want to say, um, but like was against the death penalty ultimately, but also worked in execution. Oh wow, how interesting! You know that kind of tension. I think is so kind of wild and crazy, and um, it it seems made up this this person's life, but it was it was a real person and. We actually we have the rights to this book, and we we've spoken to family members, and wow, uh, it, it, the breadth of the show um, is quite large and epic. So yeah, like Drew said we're trying to figure out how to kind of attack that with sensitivity and humor, uh, but it's still wildly wildly relevant today. Um, it's kind of an, a, a long question that we've always been yeah. asking, but. Mm -hmm. um, how to put that on stage and why to put that on stage is kind of an exciting prospect. So, well, and it's funny because you say that, Oh, you like to focus on shows with death. You got me thinking of Beetlejuice. I think that it's a show about death. So you, you're like, this is like a Beetlejuice almost like, I mean, listen, shows about death seem to be doing very well in today's uh, society. So, you know, I mean, we all, we all love for whatever reason shows about death, but um, I, I think that both of these shows that you're working on, I think are so powerful so incredible and I think tell both a unique story um, and especially the second one you talk about. I mean, that, that, that's very powerful. And, um, you know, I think how to, to see that develop, especially I'll be excited to hear about it more as it develops because as, as a person that being this person that you're writing about who um, worked in that system that, you know, uh, where the death penalty was happening and was the executioner, but was against it, you know, that has to be very, very tough. Um, I know, you know, uh, everybody's different views. I know for me, I'm against the death penalty and I just, I feel like it's, it's, it's inhumane. It's, you know, um, and I, I just, I don't agree with it. And so it's very good. I, I find it very fascinating to hear that you're doing this story. Um, and I'll be interested to hear what this person's, um, you know, view is and thought is and, 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 the, the grappling that sounds very interesting and there's a lot i feel that you will parse out of that right like a lot of his struggle that character is trying to make if this was going to happen because it was just in the time where the death penalty was so prevalent uh and being used like what was the most humane way to do that if right. it had to happen uh and then kind of 
over the course of the many, many, many years that he was doing this, was realizing by the end maybe that he was against it. But yeah, so there's there's a lot to grapple with in terms of that, and and just the larger world of like who oh, was yeah. who was getting executed and who was going to trial and and why and what was just going on in America at that time, mm-hmm. um, which is also still sadly relevant today. Right. And and what would you say both of your um, collaboration and writing style is like, you know, when you sit down to work together, you know, um, is it obviously it's a collaborative process, but what is the style like? Do, you know, is Drew, do you sort of say, here's what I'm thinking and Jay, you put the music to it. What's the style like and what do you like about uh, working with each other? I think well, generally Drew will, we'll definitely just talk about the story, especially on something new we'll just kind of come up with a outline kind of together to figure out what moments might happen generally i kind of let drew write the play version of a scene um and then sometimes that just i musicalize that without even changing anything so sometimes his monologues become songs without him knowing or even just a chunk will happen and turn into kind of a song ish mm-hmm. <laughs> sequence uh sometimes and sometimes Drew will be like, there's a song here and you can write that <laughs> music and lyrics. So we, the lyrics are like, are kind of, but we're definitely both of us. It just comes from different phrases and monologues and things like that. Um, but I generally start with having Drew kind of draw up the play version, just because I like coming from that, again, that playwright perspective, as opposed to being like, there's a song here and a dance <laughs> And like writing around it as opposed to, I just like writing what the story needs to be first and then figuring out how music can, can actually sneak in and out. Yeah, I mean, you know, I will hear music in the play uh, in certain parts and I, I don't play music or read it at all, but I'll, I'll hear it. So it's, it's, it's exciting to, to draft, you know, a, a monologue or some lyrics or a scene and hand it over to Jay and we kind of go back and forth with it. And it's, and it's magic, you know, I think that like, I, I always want to continue to do this if it still feels like magic, and it does. It's the most creative thing, because I work in other mediums too, but this is the most yeah. creative thing. It, to have something come to life uh, with music is just something so cool, and I'm blown away by it, particularly when it's something like Jay's work, which I think is, is um, it, it's pleasant to listen to, but it's also deep and, and yearning, and there's just, there's a lot going on there that you hear just in the notes. So um, I, I love it because it's, it, again, it's the closest thing to magic I think I'll ever know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we actually don't, I, mean, I don't really write with any of my collaborators like in a room together. We're just never like, hey, let's sit down and write a song. I don't know, I don't know why. That's just like how I work. But the other exciting thing is that Drew and I are kind of, it takes us a while to kind of figure out what it is. But once we know what something is, it goes really fast in, in terms mm-hmm. of, in my experience of working with with people in general or just teams as a music director, I feel like I'm a, a fast composer and Drew's a fast writer. And once we figure out what it needs to be, it kind of comes out and there's not a lot of rewrites going on other than like tweaks and, and things like that, which is which is fun. Which which I which I know it's right when it's when it goes fast. If I'm laboring over something for too long and then something's wrong with the scene or it's just not a right song moment or something like that. But Right. So right. it's, it's, and it just kind of reels out of us and we're like, oh, that's that's weird. <laughs> and, yeah. 
<laughs> well, what would you, as we sort of start to um, wrap up here, what would you, what advice would you give to those in this creative world who are collaborating together as they go into any partnership, whether it's in a writing and composing partnership or it's in a writing, whether for TV or film, what would you say is the most important thing uh, in a collaboration that you both have come to realize? I mean, you both have worked with so many different people in this in this sphere what would be the ultimate advice that you would give um, because i feel like people most of the people come at it the right way but sometimes people can come at it the wrong way um so you both are so experienced with that what would your um recommendation be i would say first respect and give give your collaborator a little bit of space um and also you know don't react to things right away uh, and what i mean by that is you know you are working on this project with somebody else and they and it becomes something else you know you have to let it go a little bit especially when you're in a collaboration so as it evolves and change and changes you can be a little protective and, and weird about it but I, I i think to sit back and to let go and to realize that you know you're not the only cook in the kitchen with this is really really important and um and it's also the part of the the excitement of it so yeah yeah i think it works well especially with our deeper, darker project ideas, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it, it takes a second, um, particularly when it takes, you know, a form of structure. So yeah, I would say a little bit of space uh, definitely helps. Perfect. And how about for you, Jay? Yeah, I'll just say like listening really critically and, and, and being patient and in <laughs> in those notes that you get and picking what is helpful and not helpful, I think. For us, when we have actors in the room, that's always been the most kind of telling part because then we have to explain ourselves as to why our things are happening. And if we have an answer to that, that means we know what we're talking about. And if we don't, then it means we just wrote something without really investigating it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, yeah, it's just a lot of trust that the other person knows what they're doing. Um, it's like, I'm not going to write the, the book. You know what I mean? It was like, I know Drew knows what he's doing here. Uh, and I'm there to support the story. And as long as it's all about the story and like what needs to happen, then as long as everyone's on the same page and not being too precious about their material, right. which I, I'm usually too good about. I'm like, yes, throw it away. I'm like, I hate it. I'm like, it's gone. Uh, maybe it'll come back later in a different show or something like that. But <laughs> But yeah, not being too precious, I think, about your um, about your lane, but also just staying in your lane uh, and then figuring out when who has control when. And then if you're both driving, like you just have to there's a lot of give and take that needs to happen. Um, and musicals take a long time. And I can say that because I forgot that because I was not writing musicals for a while until Jay and I reconnected um, eight or nine years ago about the new Peggy. And so just remember that when you sign on board for this stuff, you are with the show for the next 10 years. And, uh, you know, it's got to be something that that can withstand that test of time. So, uh, yeah, I, that was a real wake up call for me. It was, man, this takes a long time to to conceive, to digest, to go into different phases of drafts. It, it really just takes takes some patience. So I hope we live a long time so we can keep writing these because it takes, <laughs> yeah, it takes well, a while. Change so much from like, you know, that's like a whole decade if we were writing this like a very different person when you're like <laughs> in mm. the late 30s. And so like, or just the yeah. references that 
sometimes lyrics make in, in contemporary shows are just like too, um, I don't want to say too specific because you can't be too specific, but like maybe not relevant anymore. If you wrote it 10 years ago into people that you're referencing. Right. Uh, so to making sure your show is also staying timeless in a way um, while being specific uh, is another interesting thing you have to deal with musicals because like, oh, that that changed. Like maybe the death penalty you know, rulings will change in five years and certain, you know what I mean? So that right, would be exactly. what the scope of the story would be and what we're asking that specific audience um, to engage in. So yeah, that is a good point, Drew, in terms of how long musicals take <laughs> because you have to kind of contextualize it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do take a long time. That's, I mean, all of the best creators have said that. So that's, that's so true. Well, thank you so much, Jay. Andrew, as we finish up here, is there sort of any final things that you want to touch on that maybe we didn't get to to touch on or, um, you know, where can we follow you? Um, Anything of that nature? Well, definitely please check out thenewpeggy.com. It's a new site we have up for the show and uh, you can listen to all the tracks on it uh, with an amazing cast. And, uh, you know, we, we definitely want to redirect people to, to that site to, to experience it. Amazing. And for you, Jay, anything? Hey, visit New Peggy. Listen to it. You can listen to the whole thing. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm hilarious. Um, I love it. I don't know. What's it's the handle? Uh, Jay O'Connor Navarro. Jay O'Connor Navarro. Amazing. Well, Drew, Jay, thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode. I hope you got value out of it. Drew and Jay, thank you. I'm so excited to see the next steps for the New Peggy. And thank you for sharing your story with me. Thank you. Thank you. you. Oh, amazing. Okay. Hi, friend. It's Rye Myers, your Broadway and Entertainment BFF. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Live with Rye, the podcast. I hope you got value out of it. Hey, do me a big favor. Download this episode and make sure you subscribe to this podcast and also leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The more five-star ratings and review that I have, the better this podcast does. So I need your help and support. So make sure you leave that five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcast. And hey, if you want to watch this episode or all my other podcast episodes in video form, you can click the link in the show notes to go to my YouTube channel where you can see all of these episodes in video form. It's really, really cool. So make sure you head over there to watch this in full video form as well. Well, thank you so much for watching and I will see you next Thursday for another episode of Live with Rye the Podcast. Make sure you keep it locked here for all episodes of Live with Rye the Podcast. Thanks so much and have a great night.